Welcome to Roll with Advantage. In D&D, when you roll with advantage, you get to roll two dice instead of one. So this week, you get two episodes instead of one. Enjoy! Content may not be appropriate for all audiences. Listener's discretion is advised. Listeners to WTF Are You Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I'm Decker. And we are here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So this is how it works. We've got six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die at the end of this episode. But wait, there's more! I don't have any steak knives, I'm sorry. Dang it! (laughs) (laughs) The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science, entertainment, and current events. We'll use an eight-sided die, so if you roll a one, then you'll roll a six-sided die for those same categories, except it has to be local. So Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. If you roll an eight, then you get to pick your own category. Mm-hmm. I mean, from those categories. It's not... It's a choose-your-own-adventure with the parameters. Local. <laughs> you could. Now I have to re-roll again. I mean, you could. We have yet to run to that situation. Yeah. All right, so let's crack into it. I think you had science. I did. I had science and tech. All right. So, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? No, no. I know. I know what you're all thinking right now. Last time was very <laughs> grim tech. Last time was very sad tech. <laughs> Wasn't a. No. Have I forgotten what I talked about already last time? It wasn't. I talked about. I talked about local. It stuck with me so deeply, I thought I had not done anything else since then. Okay, no, but I know you're thinking, right? Right. Oh, shit, (laughs) fuck. You were no longer allowed to travel internationally. Damn it. I mean, I never did before, so. But yeah, so I know last time I talked about something that was pretty grim and pretty terrifying, and I'm going to talk about something very similar, but in a more positive note. Because um, what I'm going to talk about is the concept of the smart living city. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay. This is really fucking cool. This is like if we take uh, what I talked about on episode 11 and in, in the best way possible, have it work. Right? Um... And this is basically how, this is why I was watching my movie today with Avencio. Um, Meet the Robinsons. I love that movie so much. Such a good movie. If you have not seen it, you owe, you owe it to yourself to watch it. And it's a fairly old one. It's been around for a while. Yeah, like mid-2000s? Yeah, I, th- I think it came out when... Was I in high school? You know what? If only we had this device that could tell us. Don't mind the hiccup that you just heard. Well, now I mind it. Oh. 2007. So yeah, it was before I graduated high cool, school. Cool, yeah. So like mid to late 2000s. Perfect. Um, or the aughts. For... You, you guys couldn't hear that, but I definitely was moving my face around as if the I was... The aughts? Like, like, aught. Like... I believe it's... Like... How do you say it? Aughts. Uh... Two thousands, man. I can 
hear this keyboard. Two two thousands. Because sometimes the people call them aughts, is what I've heard. Yes, the aughts. A U G H T S. I have never heard that. I've heard like over in, in like oh the UK God, they call no. it the naughties. No, I know, I just saw it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the naughties or the double yeah. O's. <laughs> I mean no, I've heard it called the Naughties. The double a lot, zeros. Because I, I watch lots of British things, but the Naughties. That's amazing. We're gonna I'm gonna have to show you the big fat quiz for that year because that was a really good or that year. For that for the Naughties. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a really that good year, one. That year, the decade. That year of all ten of them. Nine of them. I don't even where am I? <laughs> no, that'd be <clears throat> zero yep. to nine. Counting is hard, okay? That's okay. So, but yeah, I'm talking about, like, the smart city. So this is um, actually something that's currently being worked on in Canada. And actually in Toronto is what's happening. And this is being uh, pushed by Alphabet's uh, sister company called the Sidewalk Labs. Okay. So... Kind of like in Meet the Robinsons, right? You have like this city that's basically like the skies were super clear, right? Everything was very vibrant. Buildings could be built like that, right? I mean, not to that point in our technology. Like, like that! I'll just will it into existence and there it is. Thanks! My, my 20-story <laughs> building. Um, but it's kind of going on a similar venture, whereas the goal here is to make a very sustainable city that not only cuts carbon emissions, but is actually economically, or economically, environmentally positive <laughs> to where it's around, which is really intriguing because normally you, you can either get, you know, you can reduce, like, your carbon emissions, right? Or you can get close to zero. Mm -hmm. But this thing's goal is the, actually to be so efficient to where it actually has excess energy and like uh, better surroundings to mm -hmm. where it can push that into surrounding areas or use it as a um like some commerce right like i could trade this energy for certain goods right mm -hmm. or you know for money because that's how we do things now um for like the past thousands of years but um <laughs> but this is really intriguing because this is something that's really really been coming to fruition lately like this year and they're working with, like, city planners and government officials to make sure that they're meeting up to, like, codes and ethics and stuff, all while at the same time really brainstorming and trying to really innovate in, um, like, the surrounding areas. Like, what could, uh, like, what, what's one thing that you think could make society better? Like, like, in terms of, like, where you're living, not, like, make people better, but, like, make your surrounding area better. Oh, is this a... This is an actual question. I thought that was a rhetorical This question. is going to be more like a dialogue kind of bit, because oh. there's, there's just, just too much to do all um, of it in this one go. I mean, public transit can Perfect. most definitely be better around here. Awesome. That's actually definitely one of the things I wanted to point on. So one of the things they want to do is, I guess, they really love sidewalks. Hence why they're called Sidewalk Labs. So they want to... <laughs> they want I'm to, not going to lie. They're like, like, Sidewalk Labs. Down with vehicles, up with sidewalks. So my... <laughs> the first thing that popped into my mind when you said Sidewalk Labs was like, a type of dog. A dog? <laughs> like, so just walks sideways. Well, like, black labs and yellow and just labs. Like, grave vines in your direction. The sidewalk labs. Like, I don't know, maybe it's Go just fetch. like gray. <laughs> don't understand what you're doing right I'm, now. I'm running sideways. Why like, Why would a sidewalk dog be sideways? Because it's sidewalking. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Did you finally get that? That's what I'm Fuck talking off. about. <laughs> 
but no. So, but like, so that's one of the really cool things is like they're they're working with uh, Waymo, which is if you don't know who that is, that's one of the leading pioneers in um, basically self driving cars, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, there are definitely reasons to be concerned with self driving cars, like you know, making sure they're safe, but they're also really great positives to self-driving cars because one of the things they they try and do is if you reduce how many cars are being used right that cuts down on emissions perfect it makes it more affordable for families to use these self-driving cars uh, or at least that's what they're presenting it as because one of the articles i saw um let's see if i have it still up here nope that's the waterfront that's the large article but one of the things they talked about was if they were to do this, yep, here it is. Do, 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 do. It could save people on average. Oh gosh, I just had to do, do. It could save, um, now I'm not sure what survey they're pulling from, but they said based on the uh, this information, families could save projected $6,000 a year, just an automotive transit, right? And so I'm assuming that that's probably from like insurance, it's, oh, <laughs> Don't pop your fingers. Got it. Uh, self-driving cars, uh, right? Or uh, like, God, that ruined my whole train of thought. Um, cutting down on insurance, on gas, on making payments for said car. Um, one of the things they want to encourage is people basically like getting like. Uh, it sounds like they want people to be like, oh, I just want to have a nicer car. I'm going to go into that car, and. Like you said, public transit, what's one of the most frustrating things about going downtown? I mean, we're in Boise, so we really don't have the right to complain. But what... Well, what's for I saying, feel like downtown Boise is not laid out super well. It's not. Um, parking Garbage. is a shit show. You hear that, sidewalk? <laughs> Come help us out. Um, but right, parking is a, is a complete fuckfest. Mm. May as well just curse that one. <laughs> um, right, so when you have stuff like that, the other thing is they're like, if we reduce parking... By basically having these self-driving cars, so that you don't you don't need to have a car, you don't need to park. Now that their eyes are like, we can probably have what? Hey, Lemmy, Lemmy. She left to go investigate. Go, Jess. Go investigate. If you're wondering what that was, I almost fell over. Yep. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie daisy. Um, what was I talking about, though? Before the axe murder? Yes. Uh, oh, saving money, right? And the parking, right? So, like, their whole idea is if we reduce how many cars are out there, reduces your desire to park, this does several things. One, they can have more sidewalks. They really love the idea. And I, I, I kind of understand it because the sidewalks... It's really just for you to walk from one building to another, mm-hmm. right? And, like, their whole idea is, like, why should that be the case? Why can't you, like, why can't we expand, like, you know, lessen the traffic in the streets and actually make this a place where you can hang out? We mm-hmm. could have more land space. We could have more parks. We could have more businesses on the side with, like, cool patio arrangements and stuff. Like, they might make it, like, a more uh, inviting for you to hang out outside, right? As opposed to hanging out inside. Um, but, uh, this is another thing too, right? Um, which is it frees up more land development for housing and for those businesses, like I mentioned, because think about this, if you all, what, if you don't have to worry about, um, 
uh, parking, right, you can have more, more buildings. If you can have more buildings, right, and people that can't have, like, a living space, so there's, it's hard to find places to rent, you can now just go to these houses. And one of the cool things that they mentioned, which I think is freaking brilliant, um, I mean, I, I thought this before, but you know how, remember when Google announced, or was it Google? Someone announced a phone that basically you could modify. I thought it was Google. I thought it was, uh, it was either Google or I think Motorola. I, I think, think it was, it was two. Google. I think it was Google. Like, where like, they basically like, oh, you want a better camera? Here, buy this camera piece, swap it out. Right? It was like you could build your own phone kind of thing. She was like, that's kind of cool. Um, they kind of have that same idea with these houses. Right? So that way, when you want to build stuff, you have these pre, you have like preset designs and preset walls and all that holds them together is like clasps. Right? And so, like, you're like, I want a new wall. Don't waste the time on trying to paint and everything like that. You literally just take down the wall and you get a new pattern. Right? Or let's say um, a landlord, like, this was the example that was presented in one of the videos they had. Let's say a landlord, uh, he has some tenants leave and someone wants to expand their business. Well, based on how they structure the building, they can basically reorient, like, I'm going to put a set of stairs here to lead up. And then I'm going to take out all the living furnishings there and we're going to turn it into a workspace, which I think is really cool because it makes it it's faster turnaround. It's hopefully cheaper material in terms of like hopefully it's not like Tesla where they put all their stuff into like one giant <laughs> piece. And it's like when you broke your bumper, here's 20 grand <laughs> you have to spend. But um, I think that that's really cool because it makes it makes it very interesting. Like, think about, like, other businesses that can start coming off of this. You can have more businesses where it's like, hey, here's this thing, and it just goes to this outlet, and based off of that, you can have, like, all this cool stuff. Um, it might help. Uh, I feel like it might generate some more 3D printing kind of innovations with that as well, which I think would be really fun. Um, but, yeah, that's just, like, one thing. Just by eliminating the, the driving aspect... It cuts down a lot of that. Another thing is they can really tap, they're trying to really tap into more of the environmental potential of energy. Since they're right by um, Lake Ontario, right? Um, and this is in Quayside, uh, which they said... Yeah, Quayside and Waterfront, Toronto, which I guess is an area that has been really underdeveloped. It hasn't really been, like, cultivated, and, like, it's really... It has a lot of old stuff in there, or, like, old factories. So they're trying to tap into that as well. Like, instead of you, you know, using AC to cool down your building, why don't we find a way to route your building, like, all the heat into the lake? Have the lake cool it down, right? And then siphon that back into the building. Which I found really intriguing. Mm -hmm. It's like, because, it, so, I mean, since they have access to that lake, I'm like, that would, that's kind of genius in a way. Hopefully, I mean, the lake's probably going to get warmer now. So I was going to say, but I wonder, to... I wonder what the ramifications of warming the lake up is, like, for the, you know, the things that already live there. Right. <laughs> so you'd have to think of a safe way not only to ventilate that, but to keep, like, the ecosystem from being affected. Right. That's going to be an interesting challenge for them. Um... And then also using geothermals underneath the ground. One of the things I always thought that would be really smart is why don't have why haven't we tapped into kinetic energy for like powering stuff? Think about it. If you have, if you're going to these sidewalks, what would be really smart is to find a way to where as people walk, that energy that they transfer mm -hmm. to the ground can be routed into like powering streetlights or powering like other kinds of things or even like uh, those self-driving cars if they're all electric. 
people walking around or them just driving on the road could power that. I think that'd be phenomenal because if you really want to tap an energy, think of all ways energy is utilized and that's wasted. Right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it makes sense to us, but capitalism. Right. <laughs> I mean, they still make a profit. Um, and that brings up a good point where it's like where people get, get a little bit nervous. Right. And when I talked about the bit with China's social credit system, how are they going to pay for this? Because they're not doing this all nonprofit. Yeah. It'd be really expensive. As far as I think they said they're, they're investing $50 million right now into just the beginning structure of it. Um, but a lot of people are worried that their privacy is going to be invaded. And I totally understand that sentiment because what's to keep them from doing that? They have to find a way to make a profit. So one of the things I talk about in this article that is huge, and I mean it's huge. Like, look at this, Katie. I was trying to get through this. There's almost 200 pages. Jesus Christ. This is like all the stuff that they're trying to do. And I, I tried to skim through this thing as fast as I could. Oh, so it's just, there's too much, which is why like this is going to be probably like a five-parter. Like, I'm going to talk about this every time I get technology until I get all the way through it. <laughs> it's just really interesting. I think it can bring up a lot of great innovations. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, they're, they're, saying one of two, they're saying one of two things. So one of the things is they want to leave um, APIs available, which are basically like uh, application platform, I think, enough interfaces where like it can, they can have companies work on software to being incorporated into their smart city, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's really cool because people can find ways to make things more efficient or make advertising hopefully better without it being invasive. That's definitely something I'm going to be curious about because when you have, when you start incorporating technology more and more and more, in some, in some ways you get better security in other ways you lose out on a lot of your freedom and like being able to like, get yourself out. So Sorry for all those people that are trying to go off the grid. The city is going to, full, going to be fully on the grid. I feel like if they're off the grid, they're <laughs> probably not listening to this. Right. <laughs> He's dramatically pointing at the microphone. Yeah. Valid point. You 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 got me. It's like every time I nod. So like, like, here's oh. like one of the charts they showed, right? So this is the current emissions, and so it's saying that right now the uh, per capita annual GHG emissions is 7.37 metric tons of carbon. And their whole goal is to make it minus 3.09, right? Which means not only have they cut down emissions, they can make a profit on selling this energy. So I think that that's one of the things is based on that, they're probably going to work with the government and like if we can get this, they're probably going to want to get access to that energy. Mm-hmm. Which, that seems only fair. If they can cut it down, goodbye. <laughs> if they can cut it down, that seems fair. But another thing, too, is they do want to gather more data on people's living situations, which is where that fear comes into play. Because their, their whole st- sentiment is, we want to have this data because, one, is we want to keep your culture. We don't want to invade upon that. We want to help strengthen it. Like, that's very cool, as long as you mean that. Um, the other thing is we want to know what's impacting your day-to-day, because if we can find that out, we can lessen it. Therefore, you can just go about your day as you need to, right? Lessen traffic by having automated traffic. They even want to have, like, smart systems where, like, as you're tr- walking, depending on how fast you're walking, they can lengthen or shorten the crosswalks and how long that takes, mm-hmm. which I think is very smart, too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so they're trying to look for like more anime ways about that. Uh, I saw one article. I have yet to verify it, but they have one article where they want robots to be able to deliver your mail, right? And what would be really cool is a lot of people think about going. Well, not a lot of people, but I feel like when I see construction, they think about going wider or taller. Mm-hmm. But I have yet to really see anything where like people want to go like depth mm-hmm. or like streets. What I thought would be really intriguing is why don't we do streets and layers, right? Where like you can have like a fast lane up top where you're like, you're going long distances. Uh, the bottom lane is like for actually going to like your nearby commutes instead of like having like more wider lanes. Why not heighten those lanes? Mm-hmm. Um, or like for the, if they're going to do the delivery service, what would be really cool is to have it be underground and hopefully not like mnemonic tubes, oh. but you know, like not like that, <laughs> but like have something go there and then uh, like meet the Robinsons. Like they have like this whole, like they do have like a mnemonic tube yeah. system for people. Don't recommend. I'm N- pretty mnemonic? sure you die. N- pneumatic. Like a mnemonic, mnemonic device. Yeah, mnemonic like, device. What are you saying? Yeah, pneumatic. Thank you. <laughs> Ugh, words. We're not good with them. More dramatic pointing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I thought I had something more to say. So, yep, the I proved my point. The <laughs> end. And scene. But that would be really cool because then, I mean, and there are some concerns where, like, think of that happening. Who would not benefit from this? Well, probably the U.S. Postal Service, like, like some of their people, mm-hmm. right? Those people will probably lose some of their jobs, which would be unfortunate. And for me, I'm of the mindset where I'm I'm okay with jobs in a sense going like being cycled out as long as you give people the 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 opportunity to phase into like that new structure, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't want people to just lose their jobs. Yeah. But if there's something that can be better for society and it can give you a chance to better yourself, then if that was the case, hopefully they find a way to phase people in. Um, so just transitioning people from what they're doing to a different right. task. Right. So it'd be to, like, you're done it'd now. be like what people should do currently since we have ways for green energy with cars. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we still need oil. I mean, like we're probably going to still need oil for certain things, especially like for like lubricating the car and all that nonsense. But that's a different bit for a different time. Yeah. Um, control your bits. Yeah, control my bits. <laughs> uh, so they could lose out, but the, that's exactly right, though. Like cars, automated cars. If I'm not paying for a car, who's paying for the car? Probably the government. And I'm probably not going to pay very much because considering everything that's, I mean, at least in the States here, uh, we there's a lot of times where the government will bail out companies. <clears throat> yep. Take, for example, I think GM is undergoing a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. Again, another bit for a different time, but that's another point where it's like these innovations do lead to losses of some variety, right? So, um, but yeah, I thought that was super intriguing, and so they're basically trying to find ways to make the environment cleaner, make people feel like they can actually enjoy the outside, Right. That's why they expand the sidewalks because they want like they want people to actually interact and like go to a park or have like a nice cafe by the street. And since they have a lake, maybe it's by the lakeside, and so it can feel really upper class, even though it's really cheap. Um, yeah. So that to me was very intriguing. I thought it was um, crazy that it's even being trying to be implemented right now, and. 
I think that's a good place to end with this because there is <laughs> so there is so much more, and I don't want to be up till like four a.m. Oh God! So yeah. So any questions about? Uh, it's it's interesting. The thing that, and maybe this is just the me problem. Um, the way that I'm imagining this is everything is very like modular, right. and everything ends up looking like an Apple Store. Oh, God. Or, you know, like those... It might be that homes. Right. I mean, and they do mention, like, pre-builds and stuff, but they they talk about they want there to be able to be pre-builds to make construction faster, but that's why, like, those walls I mentioned and stuff, ways to quickly be able to make stuff your own mm-hmm. and personalize without, you know... Because the other thing is, they, I guess, people... They, whoever these people are, they really hate construction. Because they're like... Don't you hate it when there's a building going up and they close off all the streets and they close off all the sidewalks and you have to change your route completely? Like, why do that? Instead of taking, like, uh, several months, 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 why can't it just be several weeks? And also not invasive. And true. Right. But, like, I remember when we were looking for a house, we went, we toured, uh, which one did we go? It was, like, a Hayden home or something like that. One of those... I know what you mean, yeah. Pre, pre-built cookie-cutter neighborhoods. Sure. And we went into there and... Walked around and I was like, oh, okay, right. uh huh. And, and it the, very well could be. The lady was trying to sell us on it real hard, and finally, I told I told her I was like, I don't want to live in a house that feels like an apartment, right? Because that's it. It feels very modular, and everything is the same, and just like plugged in. Right. No, I agree. But on the other side, it could be different because I do want to get other companies to invest and mm-hmm. start working on programs with them. So who's to say that? I mean, I'm assuming probably since this is coming out, I'm I guarantee I would be surprised if Apple didn't try to leap on this and try to get ahead of the game with that. Google already has their own phone system, so mm-hmm. I'm sure they're gonna be promoting that more or like whatever technology they have. Yeah. At that point, Microsoft, hopefully they're smart enough to jump on this. Um But yeah, I think it's interesting that they do they wanna have uh dialogue about this they even mention about to like they want to talk with the city and find out their concerns and their fears and whether or not they actually listen to that different story that could just be for pr right um but yeah definitely really intriguing and i have yet to really dig into their their actual statements it's 200 pages long it's yeah. it's, it's basically like a book so but i do plan on really investigating that because i i'm curious to see Truly, what the end goal is. Which, if you can, if you can come up with a way to make it not so sterile, like, right. and maybe this is just the way that I'm envisioning it, but it it feels very dystopian. <laughs> like it's almost like uh, it's it, like in a way similar to uh, Nosedive, Black Mirror season three episode one, the one I talked about when I talked about this, the actual dystopian thing happening right now in China. I don't know, like, the thing that comes to mind is, like, that's how I imagined the houses in, like, The Giver. That's a, yes, that's a very valid point. Except for, we can see color, ha! Oh, wow, so much better. <laughs> Got it! <laughs> Problem solved. And, like, that, the thing, like, the, that quartet of books is so good, but it's also terrifying. Quartet? Did you not know there were four books in that series? No! Oh, my God. What? Yeah. That's gonna be on my that's gonna be on my entertainment thing now. Hi, I'm Decker. I'm gonna talk to you about all things dystopian. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's gonna be my bit. I really enjoy dystopian novels, which 
I really need to check these if out. If you don't like YA dystopian, don't at me. I also don't care, but... <laughs> you can at me. I probably won't see it. <laughs> there's... I'm trying to be better. And there's, be better. like, so many, because a while ago, like, everything, was, like, the market was just totally flooded with dystopian novels. But, I mean, it's... It, I can really dig it. But it's also a super terrifying thing to think about, like, if you actually look at it and be like, this could be where we're headed. It all depends on who controls it mm-hmm. and how it's released. I actually was talking about this with John. Every technology has a good and a bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the greatest example would probably be with nuclear technology. Mm-hmm. Nuclear fission, amazing power source. Waste is horrible. Oh, oh. Little Jack sleep. Um, at the same time, though, you have nuclear bombs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Both of which were derived from... And, and you know what? If there are any, if anyone in there is very like science savvy, I'm probably gonna say this wrong, but a very similar technologies, right? You do uh, fission, right? Releases a bunch of energy, right? And so, regardless, you gotta be in a destructive way mm-hmm. or in a very useful way. And so, I, I it well, remains to be where, seen what happens. I mean, you can get, like, you've got the benefits of all of that energy, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, there's also Chernobyl. So it's, like, Whoops. weird ups and downs. <laughs> yeah. Let's, so, your goal of the day, don't be like Chernobyl. <laughs> Do not just explode. <laughs> and then don't be irradiated for fucking years to come. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, that was uh, my bit. So. Yeah. Yeah, are you fascinated with your handwriting? I, uh, I wrote something down here, and I spelled it real wrong. Good! I think. They'll never know, except for you said it. I, well, they're not going to see it, so there you go. <laughs> good. I don't they're know also why. not going to smell that which smells so nice. Oh my god, it smells so good. We really, you know what? I'd love to be sponsored by uh, Candles? Works. <laughs> oh, yes. I always try to call it Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> I tried to put both of them together, that, that, hopefully like... that did not just ruin our amazing relationship that we have yet to that's earn. a I feel like that's a common mistake and especially where because there's a shopping center that you can go to out in Boise or like Boise Meridian area where they're like four storefronts away from each other yeah I was like I thought it was Bed Bath and Body Works I thought they were both the same thing oh. but just like separate stores you're like where am I yeah so but yeah so um now we're done with mine Katie what the fuck are you talking about alright so I had Paranormal. Okay. Telling you a book. Oh. Those were words, probably. All right. Um, words probably. Words probably. I have made a dent in this notebook. That's exciting. <laughs> All the more reason why we need a smart city. Not like an actual dent. Like, I have just written this. You know what I'm talking about. She's just about. punching trees. Now this I'm... isn't Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just going to stop. Maybe I can punch a tree. I've, I've killed a pen. Writing in this notebook this for this thumb? podcast with with these fingers, mm. these digits, Ooh, um, which makes me sad because it was my pretty purple one. Aww. That's why I had paranormal. Oh god! Yes. Sorry. Oh, and all I can hear is John in the back of my head going, "Oh," <laughs> and then Portlandia, and then I just wanted to hate myself a little more. Jax is judging you. That's okay. You can no. judge me all you want, you sweet girl. He's You're the sweetest. Oh. I can't. She's just looking. It's like, why are you like this? <sighs> Mom, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> okay. So, paranormal. And I was like, I want to find something that 
we probably haven't heard of, at least like heard of a lot in terms of the paranormal aspects. And so I found this thing and I was like, this will be great. And then I started to get into it. And like, oh no. Well, much like my so call back to episode one when I talked about the catacombs of Paris. Whoa, yes. And it was a little history heavy. Very history heavy, yes. This one's gonna be a little history heavy as well. Mm, I'm ready to nap. I hate <laughs> you. Right off. I fucked right off. I had to cut out so many interesting things because I was like, no, this is not a history bit. So we might revisit this in the future. Cool. Because there's several different things that this is this that is the episode that has yet to be continued. <laughs> the episode that hasn't happened. <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Stirling Castle in Scotland. Name rings a bell. Yes. Um, have you heard of a, a little guy called, like, William Wallace? I thought you were going to say, like, a little guy called a leprechaun. No! <laughs> uh, one, Ireland. Whoops. <laughs> to all of our Ireland listeners out there. Ireland listeners, really. Right. <laughs> I'm just... You're right, I should just fuck off. <laughs> so. I'm not. I haven't left the country. Judge me all you want. Are you familiar with William Wallace? I am. What about Robert the Bruce? Yes, we saw that movie that I walked into after the beginning. That's probably why it sounds a little familiar to you. Yes. So. Oh, my first bullet point. <laughs> Stirling Castle is located in Stirling, Scotland. Yes! They were real creative with the naming. Uh, so the castle dates at least as early as the 12th century. Most of the principal buildings are from, like, the 15th, 16th century. Some of the structures from the 14th century are still there, um, but right now most of the outer defense is, like, fronting the town. So, like, mm -hmm. castle, town. Um, you can't see any of my gestures, even though I'm waving wildly. Um, so most of those defenses are early 18th century. Okay. There's been at least eight sieges. I saw one page... That said that like there were sixteen sieges, and I was like, uh, I don't know about that. Um, it's a possibility, but every other source that I saw said like eight-ish. That was the only one that said sixteen, so I don't know what the deal is with that. It wanted more sieges. <laughs> anyway, so Do you siege what I siege? <laughs> Sorry, it was there. <laughs> I had to be um like... <laughs> Yeah, that's oh god. Oh geez. That's thematically appropriate for this time of year. <laughs> Dating ourselves, this is December. Anyways, so there were several sieges. Um, most of these were during the wars for Scottish independence. The last siege was in 1746 when Bonnie Prince... Nope. Nope, yep, I can read. Bonnie Prince Charlie tried to take the castle, but he was unsuccessful. Mm. Uh, it has been a residence of many Scottish royals. Um, several were crowned there, including Mary, Queen of Scots. She was crowned there in 1542. The land that the castle is on has been held by several different groups, including like the Romans, the Picts, the Northumbrians. Oh, the Romans, yes. yes. We talked about them earlier, how they steal everything. Oh, yes, we did. I was like, what are you talking about? Yes. Sorry to all of our Roman listeners out there. <laughs> also, the people that work in our living room and heard that conversation that have right. no idea what we're talking about. Yes. <laughs> we, I was talking about Her Hercules and Heracles. And how they are the same person. And how a lot of Roman stuff is Yeah, just how they mentioned that. They were, like, renamed. Just took it and they're like, we're just going to change the name a little bit. Yeah, basically. Plagiarism. Anyways. 
So, this land has been held by many different groups, so mm-hmm. there's lots mm-hmm. of claims. Um, the first record of the castle is from around 1110, when King Alexander I dedicated a chapel there. Oh, yes. He later died there in 1124. During his reign, his successor, Daniel I. What? I can hardly believe it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I left out some punctuation. It made my sentence make no sense. Hmm. So, during the reign of his successor, Daniel I, Sterling became a royal borough. So, like, that whole area. Became a royal borough and an important admin center. King William I formed a deer park to the southwest of the castle. And after his capture in 1174 by the English, he was forced to surrender several castles, um, This being, Sterling being one of them. I think, like, Edinburgh Castle was also one of them. Mm-hmm. So then this one went to the English, although we don't have any, like, record of them being like, well, we have this castle now, let's occupy it. They were just like, this is our castle now, cool. Um, and then King Richard I of England gave it back in 1789. They were like, yep, have this castle back. Cool. Um, I guess he formally gave it back. So it was official that they gave it back. Mm -hmm. Sterling continued to be a favored residence. William I died there in 1214. Alexander III laid out a new deer park in the 1260s, and then he died in 1286. This triggered a succession crisis. Edward I of England was invited to arbitrate between everyone that was like, I'm king, no, I'm king, no, I'm king. It was a very, like, Spartacus situation there. Mm. Um, Everyone wanted to be king. And so they called in England to be like, who do you think is the king? Which, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, But it seems like maybe not a great idea. Because (laughs) Edward I came in and was like you know what, maybe I can put in whoever the fuck I want and they'll just listen to me and do whatever I say and I'll have my nice little puppet ruler. So, 19... 19? Nope. 1291, Mm. Edward demanded that several castles be put under his control during the arbitration and Sterling was one of them. And then he attempted to put a puppet ruler in place. He, uh, He was favoring John Balliol? I think so. I'll agree. <laughs> if I'm mispronouncing that, sorry. <laughs> uh, so we favored him, uh, but unfortunately for Edward I, he was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to listen to you. So he didn't obey any of his demands. So Edward was like, fuck you, we're going to invade. So they invade Scotland in 1296. And this was the beginning of 60 years of war, or 60 years of the wars of Scottish independence. So there was many wars that happened within the 60 years. So the English found Stirling Castle empty, and they occupied it, but they were dislodged after Andrew Murray and William Wallace were victorious at the Battle of Stirling Bridge. So that was nearby. They won, and the English were like, shit, gotta go. So they left. So then the Scots had the castle, Then after the English victory at Falkirk, the Scots abandoned the castle, and Edward took control of the castle again. He strengthened the castle, tried to, like, fortify it, uh, but in 1299, it was besieged by forces, including Richard the Bruce, who was not yet king of the Scots at this time. Edward then died in 1307. 
which not helpful for their cause. So he died 1307. And at this point, Rich Robert, did I say Richard the Bruce? Because if I said that, that's wrong. Robert. No, I don't oh. think you said Richard. Okay. I don't know. We even... do have audio though, so we will find oh. out if I was wrong or not. So Robert the Bruce, who was not king at the time, and then Edward dies. And now Robert the Bruce is king of the Scots, so he is King Robert the First. Um, so he was closing in on the Remanglish. Remanglish. The remaining English holds. Uh, Edward the Bruce, his brother, laid siege to Stirling Castle in 1330. No, 1313. I can't read. Edward II led English forces to save the castle June of 1314. Um, and they had this weird thing going on. I might have my timeline mixed up with what I'm thinking in my brain. That's okay. I hear time is like a timey-wimey. <laughs> Wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey? Yeah. I think, if I'm remembering correctly, because apparently I couldn't be bothered to write this down. Um, so... Edward, Edward, yep, yeah, Edward Bruce had laid siege in, no, this is correct. So Edward Bruce laid siege 1313. Okay. Um, and the guy who was commanding the castle at the time of the siege was like, so how about if we have not come to any sort of a resolution? Is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. Okay. We're good. So he was Just like, double check it out. Okay, so he was like, how about if we haven't come to any sort of a resolution by, like, I think it was June 24th, then we'll just call it off, we'll leave, and you guys can have the castle, it'll be cool. And Edward the Bruce was like, okay, sounds good. So they've got this deal, so they lay siege, so, I mean, if, it sounds like this siege is pretty much going on for, like, a year. Um, let me make sure I'm following. So, so who made this deal? The person commanding the castle and Edward the Bruce. Okay, so the Scots and the English. And the English. Yeah. So it was like so Scottish Scot the Scots lay siege to the castle, and the English are in the castle, okay. and they're the English are like, hey, let's make a deal. Okay. If we can't like work Clark this out, Harold. Basically, um, your mother smells of elderberries, or your mother's hamster. Yes. Okay. No, I, I know like, exactly what you mean. Where's the look of recognition? Okay, yeah. there it is. There um, is no like I'm always just. Thinking. I mean, that's that's how I imagine it happening of people just like shouting down from the the battlements. Hey, like, hello, hey let's talk. Um, I'm deal sure, or no deal? I'm sure that's not how it happened. I have Howie Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> but don't touch him. Don't touch him. <laughs> so they were like, "Hey, how about if we can't come to an agreement by this date, we'll leave." And I'm fairly certain it was June 24th, because. Edward II led English forces to save the castle June 23rd. So they come at, like, the last minute, which I imagine they were trying to have the Scots think, oh, it's going to be fine, we've got this in the bag, they're going to leave because it's tomorrow's the day. So I think what they were ha hoping to happen was like, oh, they'll rush in and catch them by surprise and blah, 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 and they'll keep the castle. The English defeat was very decisive. They left. <laughs> 
So the gods have the castle. <laughs> We're gonna get you. Oh. Yeah. Whoops. So then the second war of Scottish independence saw the English controlling the castle again in 1336. After a siege from 1341 to 1342, Robert Stuart, the future King Robert II, retook the castle. So he retook the castle and it is now back in Scottish control. Okay. Uh, Joan Beaufort took refuge in Stirling Castle when her son, James... No. She took... I... Hmm. That's fine. Words don't matter. Let me try this again. Joan... Do. Uh, what the fuck are you saying? Where sure we were going to read. <laughs> Joan Beaufort took refuge... Out of my mouth right really, now. You know what? Hook the phonics. Hook us up. <laughs> we, we need to learn. The problem is that the words are not what's coming out of my mouth. My mouth is making different sounds. You know what? Here's what we'll do. We're gonna take that. We're gonna take your words. I'm gonna plug it into Google Translate. Oh, good. And it'll just read them off for us. So the problem is not that I cannot read. It's not that I cannot. The problem isn't that I can't read. It's that I can't fucking talk. Is that your final statement? <laughs> I'm going to move on. <laughs> Joan Beaufort took refuge in Stirling Castle with her son, James II, after the murder of her husband, James I. Um, I think 14 or 15 years later, James II stabbed William, the 8th Earl of Douglas, because he was in the middle... Not of William VIII. No, the 8th okay. Earl William, comma, the 8th Earl of Douglas. I think I just he was for Henry VIII. the Earl of Douglas number eight. This is in Scotland. Right. We have not even like come to the Tudors yet. Good. <laughs> Tudors. <laughs> um, which someday I will talk about because Man. I fucking love that period of English history. It's so fascinating. I'm I'm good <laughs> at history. <laughs> um. So, James II stabs William, the 8th Earl of Douglas, and kills him in the castle. Because... Is this clue? With the knife, <laughs> in the castle. <laughs> it was William. No, it wasn't. It was James II. Um, because William was engaged in, or about to become engaged in, some sort of, like, a treacherous packed with other people. Mm -hmm. And James II was like, mm, that's not cool. <clears throat> so he stabs him, like you do. Yeah. So then William III was born in the castle and undertook work on the gardens and the chapel. Uh, artillery was being manufactured there by 1475. James III's wife, Margaret of Denmark, died there in 1486. And then two years later, James III died in battle and I forgot to write down which battle. Um, but it was just south of the castle. And there was an earlier battle in one of the... Um, I think it was the, like, the first War of Scottish Independence mm -hmm. that was very important. Um, that It was the same location. It was a different battle, obviously. But it was the same location right. of that battle. Anyway, it was south of the castle. So... Many people have died on, south of the castle. In this castle, <laughs> the vicinity of this castle, the area of this castle. Death. So Stirling Castle was a principal. Back that up. Stirling Castle was a principal royal center for Stuart kings, James the Fourth, the Fifth, and the Sixth. They did the most significant building to the castle. 
So most of the stuff that's in in the castle, most of the castle that we see now Ooh. was built during those reigns. Mary, Queen of Scots, returned to Scotland from France in 1561 and visited the castle frequently. James's first child was born in the castle in 1594. Why did I not write which James that was? There are already enough Jameses. One of the Jameses had a child ah, in 1594. James. Um, and he had the present chapel royal... It's either Chapel Royal or Chapel Royale. I don't know. Probably Royal because there's an any on the end. Um, so he had that. So the, the present Chapel Royal that is there right now, he had constructed for his son's baptism. Okay. In 1594. So that's cool. That's wow, old. that's a lot of years. <laughs> we, we, we've made progress. <laughs> um... Winsterling was no longer mainly a royal residence. It became a military fortress and was used as a prison for persons of rank. Mm -hmm. And it, so the location is, was a pretty good tactical spot because it was right near, um, I want to say like a river crossing. I don't think that's what it was, but it was, it was a good tactical spot. Just know that. And it was like, it was good. It was like up on a a rock face and everything. Oh, they had the high ground. You should always know better. You take the high high road. road. I'll take the low road. I was thinking more like Star Wars Episode 3. It's over! I have the high ground! And then he's like, go and ask about my power. And then he loses three of his limbs. I was thinking of the Bonnie Bonnie Banks of Black Woman. Wow. (laughs) We went went too, too You took the high road and I took the low road. (laughs) But I'll be in Scotland before you. Oh, whoops. Anyways. Where was I? Right, so military fortress being used as a prison. Cool. In 1800, it was run as a barracks, and a number of new buildings were constructed. Uh, The castle has been restored to its royal lodgings and is open to the public with staff dressing in period costumes. Uh, It is still the headquarters of the Argyle and Sutherland. It is still the headquarters of the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders. Um, that they are the sole remaining unit of the regiment that is called the Balaclava Company. Why? I don't know. I did not look into that. That's okay. Um, and they, but they have been garrisoned at Redford Barracks since 2014. So that's still the headquarters, but they aren't actually there. However, the regimental museum is located. Oh my god, what? I wrote the Regimental Museum is located in the museum. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, you aren't wrong. We got it. It's located in Sterling Castle. Good thing that's not like, your directions are like Google Maps. Oh god. (laughs) The museum is at the museum. First, get to the museum. It's like the the curious creations of Christine McConnell where she's like, look at this thing. Here's your first step. Make it all. First step. You, f- you just need to get the right icing to make and this right nice glass. And the right ingredients. Then Second step, build a house. <laughs> and make sure Whoa. to take some fun arrangements. Add in some of your own details. Then add the frosting, and you're done. That lady has skills I will only oh, dream of. I made a second one, just in case. <gasps> a second fucking cake that took you like eight hours? If you have eight hours, that's I feel like it took way more than that. It probably took days. Anyways, if you haven't watched that, go watch it. It's great. Back to Sterling Castle. Man. <laughs> Back at the ranch. 
Um, so the castle, that's a word I am not familiar with. Esplanade? Esplanade? I think it's Esplanade. The Castle Esplanade, or Parade Ground, has been used as an outdoor concert venue and a place for local celebrations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, that is where I was like, I have to stop talking about history. And at some point, you notice that I'm like, I stopped like being like, on this date, this happened, and blah, blah, blah. That was, I did notice this. That I, was I, where I, I was like, stop. Stop. <laughs> it's really cool and really fascinating, but not what When's I, the quiz? Not to the point. <laughs> Gonna punch you in your face. No, not my face. They'll never see that. They could hear it though. <laughs> in high definition. Because we have this cool new mic. Yeah. Yeah. So going to the paranormal aspect. No, this is all really cool though. This is all really interesting. It's super interesting. Um, so there are three ghosts that are known to reside in the castle. Cool. The green lady, the pink lady, and the Highlander. Why? You're going to explain. This is a dumb question. Continue. I mean, not necessarily. So... Something that I saw is that in that area of the world, and I mean in the world in general, it's very common to have ghosts as the like this color lady. Like I mean, even if you think of Harry Potter, dress they wear. uh, Sort of like even if you think of Harry Potter, they've got the gray lady. I don't think I remember her. I don't think I remember the gray lady. It's the ghost of Ravenclaw Tower. Is that in book seven? No. I'm no. She's throughout the whole books. They meet her in book seven. I, well, I mean, like I they, the books in ages. they specifically meet her in book seven, but like oh. they talk about her throughout. Right, right. Like they, how she's. I was trying to place list. like um, when that conversation may have happened. Romina Ravenclaw's daughter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, history lesson. That kind of chromatic lady is like a. I I I can't. Yeah. It'd be funny if it was like guys, though. The pink man! <laughs> the green man! Um, that's, a, that's a common thing around the world. For, like, what was the man called? The Highlander. Well, he, you'll understand why. Okay. Um, Does at, he always have the high road? At some point, you will want to bring up the drive. Because, um, <laughs> okay. but specifically when, I, when I'm... Let's not do it on this computer. Let's. I only have stuff on the drive for when I talk about the Highlander, <clears throat> which he is the last ghost that I will talk about. Cool. So... The pink lady has been seen in the kirkyards around the castle and also walking from the castle to the nearby church of the Holy Rood. She is described as wearing a flowing pink gown, or she's also been described as like a pink aura. Uh, some think that it is the ghost of Mary, Queen of Scots. Um, cause that, so that was where like, she lived there for a long time. That was her childhood home. Um, and then even though she did die... I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe she was beheaded in England. But she spent a lot of time there. So yeah, Mary Queen of Scots spent a lot of time there. Others think that, or so others say that she manifests a sense of longing or unrequited love. Mm. And that she is the spirit of a woman whose love died in battle. Aww. Possibly a former occupant whose husband... Uh, perished in the siege of 1304, which I believe was the first the first siege that took place by Edward. I I think when Edward was like, "Oh fuck you, I'm taking Scotland." Right. Um, and she she walks then they so they think that she walks the area in search of him. Mm-hmm. The Green Lady is believed to have been either a servant or a handmaiden of Mary Queen of Scots. 
She is one of, um, so I saw this in several places that said that she's like one of Scotland's most well-known ghosts. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is said to wear a flowing green gown. She has been seen at the top of the steps that used to lead to the military base of the Argyle and Sutherland Highlanders. And then she like glides down the stairs and she will just go like through people. That's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I saw one, I think it was an account of a soldier where it said that they saw her at the top of the stairs and she just like came down the stairs and went through them and they were like, the fuck is going on? Man, this should only happen on rare occasions. (laughs) She didn't do anything to them, apparently, but. Can't imagine how that would feel though. (laughs) That would just be so. Like, what if you didn't feel anything? Would that be weirder? Or would it be weirder if you felt something? I feel like it would be weirder if you didn't feel something. Like, like, because then it's like, did it really happen? Did what? I imagine that? Because if you feel something cold, then at least you know that something happened. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't believe I've ever had a ghost walk through me, so. Maybe I'm not qualified to discuss that. <laughs> it's been happening every day. Where are you going? I don't know. Anyways. Her origin story differs slightly, um, but the, it all seems to center around, like, one particular happening. Mm-hmm. And then there was one, like, one thing that people thought that she might be that was, like, totally unrelated. Um, but so, if we're going under the the idea that she worked for Mary Queen of Scots. Mm-hmm. So there's a fire. Mm. September 13th, 1561. In Mary Queen of Scots' bedchambers. We have historical record that the fire did happen. So, one version is that the girl, um, she awoke in the middle of the night from a dream that the queen was in danger. So she went to check on her and discovered that her bed curtains were on fire. So she woke Mary and they got her out. Mm -hmm. Queen Mary survived the fire, but the girl did not. Um, I think it said that she, like, was overcome by smoke. Another version is that one of the young women that tended to Mary was a receiver of the gift of premonition, and Mm -hmm. she believed that Queen Mary was in danger. Um, So Queen Mary allowed the girl to stay in her bedchamber and watch over her as she slept. Uh, Because it wouldn't be surprising if there was, like, a group of soldiers or someone who was in support of the Tudor family over the Stuart family um, to, like, sneak in in the middle of the night and try to kill her. So they just assumed that this girl's premonition of danger was that someone was going to attempt to assassinate Queen Mary. Mm -hmm. So, over the night, the girl's hanging out in her bedchamber, watching over her. She lights a candle in case... uh, I'm jumping ahead. So, over the night, the girl grows, grows tired and drifts off. The candle that she lit to comfort the queen, should she wake up in the middle of the night, caught the room on fire. So the girl wakes up to the room full of smoke, Mary's clothes are already on fire, and she won't wake up. So... That must be some good sleep. I I don't... I mean, I've slept through a fire alarm, but I don't think I could sleep through... A fire? And being on fire? Flame on! Which, I mean, I don't know, maybe she was having some, like... I was going to say smoke unconsciousness, and that's not a thing. Yes. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyways. uh, So the girl calls for help, and eventually she and the queen are rescued from the room. 
Um, Queen survives, but the girl dies from her wounds and from smoke inhalation. So it's not known <clears throat> if she haunts the castle out of guilt over the queen's near-death experience. Uh, not, I don't think out of spite, because, I mean, she obviously cared about Queen Mary. Right, but I think it's, like, out of spite that she perished after saving her. Eh, I mean, yeah, maybe, but... Um, so either out of guilt because of what happened to Queen Mary, or because of the trauma of her own death... Um, but she might still just be there trying to serve Queen Mary. Because, like, there's, there's, like, different kinds of hauntings. So, like... All were evil. Every <laughs> last one. He's making a sarcastic face. Don't at me. <laughs> um, well, because there's, like, intelligent hauntings and, like, residual hauntings. And so it could just be residual energy of this girl just going about her daily business, serving the queen. Whatever. Uh, another theory is that the ghost belongs to the daughter of a military commander or a general that was betrothed to a man garrisoned there. The girl's father accidentally kills the guy she's betrothed to, and in her anguish she throws herself from the battlements onto the rocks 250 feet below. Why? Why? Why, though? I always hear about stuff like this, like, in historic, like, like historical drama, but why? I don't know. I wasn't there. Hmm. But pretty much everything that I saw was on the idea that this is the a servant or a handmaiden of Queen Mary. Hmm. So that seems to be the predominant theory there. Gotcha. The appearance of the Green Lady is often followed by disaster, so it's seen as a bad omen or an omen of Bad luck. Interesting, since she was there to help protect. Mm -hmm. Could it be like a foretelling of something bad happening, but that you'll be okay through it? I don't know. Maybe? Hmm. Um, but it said that the people that are in charge of the castle, they are... Maybe she's trying to protect them from a bad omen that she knows is coming. Maybe. Um, and I think maybe that could be too. Is I mean, if we're going under the assumption that she she thought something bad was going to happen to Queen Mary. Maybe mm. that's why she's a, why it's like a bad omen, because she was predicting something bad that happened. Where happened. she's showing up, maybe something, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but it said that the people that are in charge of the castle, they so like when the green lady is seen, they're like, oh shit, guys, we gotta pay attention to this. Um, so that's kind of cool. Interesting. And now we're gonna talk about the Highlander. I'm there. Cool. So the Highlander is the castle's most active spirit. He even appears to, like, tourists, and, like, tourists and staff have seen him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so they approach him to ask him questions because he's, he's dressed in, like, full traditional costume, kilt and everything. And so they approach him to ask him questions, thinking that he is a tour guide. And he will ignore them, turn around, and disappear. What a... an <laughs> uppity ghost... We don't necessarily know that he can hear them. But I just love how it's like, hey, sir, what are you doing over there? And yeah, so he'll just, like, disappear before their eyes. <laughs> like, oh, he must have said to fuck on off, so I would do that. <laughs> Vanish into the ether. In 1935, an architect was there taking photos, doing some surveying, surveying for upcoming building work that was going to be done. And he arrived there super early because he wanted to avoid 
like tourists walking through his pictures. Right. So he takes a picture. Which one? And bring up this this one. So he takes a picture and he develops it and he's looking at it and he's like, God damn it, there's a person in this picture. The problem being, there was no one there when the picture was taken. So if you look at this picture, you can see down here under this arch. Oh, that, yeah. The very clear form of a person. Ah, that's, that's pretty freaky. Yeah, so now go back and click on the next one. This is that section of the negative of that image blown up. So that even appears on the negative. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And they're, I mean, he got their he super... Like he has, like, his arm like this, like, maybe he's, like, carrying something, or... Yeah. And, like, the way that he's standing, it's just, yeah, it's super... Don't show Zach this. <sighs> is this the man? <laughs> anyway. Surprise, it was the green lady, gotcha! <laughs> But yeah, oh, so really he, he captured these pictures, um, or this photo of him. And so they, there's been, like, weird sounds and footsteps at the castle, and they think that perhaps he is the one responsible for that, since he's the most active, he's probably moving around the most. I can't name this title. He said Ghost Nig, and I thought, like, eggnog <laughs> for some reason. Ghost eggnog. Like, like, or, like, nutmeg. Ghost egg. <laughs> <laughs> That was just what it downloaded as. That's awesome. I didn't name it. <laughs> but yeah, so like, and the the figure on those pictures. Is, no, no, it's very clear. Yeah, it's weird. It is. Because at first I was like, that's interesting. It's interesting kind of shading. But then, yeah, this mm -hmm. one is like the exact same shading. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know a whole lot about photography and how you would go about like doctoring a negative. But I don't know how much of that was going on in like 1935 either. So I don't know how easy or hard it would have been to do that. Probably, probably. Difficult, I yeah. would assume. I don't know, but it's real cool. So, Google pictures of Sterling Castle, Highlander Ghost. And Ghost Snake. It's, it's pretty cool looking. And so that's Sterling Castle. It's got three, three known spirits that kind of wander around and ignore tourists. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Cool. And it's, I mean, the castle itself has a lot of history, and it, it wouldn't... It doesn't surprise me that there's, you know, hauntings or weird energy there, considering all of the battles it's been involved in. And, like, there's obviously been lots of people that have died around there or in there. Or, you know, were stabbed to death by James II. Right. Yeah. And that's my story. <laughs> Good story. That was uh, very fun, very informative. Someday I will talk more about the... Wars of Scottish Independence. Yeah. Because they're real cool. Show. Shall we roll? Show. Shall we roll for next episode? Let's do it. Let us do it. This was fun. Okay, you should hand me the notebook. Oh. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Don't mind the noise that you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> clunk, clunk, clunk. Alright, so what do I have today? I have... Oh no, can't. Oh no, you tied it in a knot. Oh. What have you done? Oh, there we okay. go. It's all better. So I have a set of Havsies dice. These ones are the Havsies. queen. Havsies. Oh, Havsies. So it's half a nice pearly, royal, purpley color and half like a soft gold color. 
Yeah, they're very pretty. Mm -hmm. I like to have these dice. They have this really nice, like, pearly finish to them. That's it doesn't. I feel like it doesn't photograph well because it's it. You just can't see it on photographs, but it's very pretty. Get some halfsies. They're cool. Got kid rocks. Why? <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> I don't know why. That's not kid rock. That's Nickelback. <laughs> Both are horrible. Oh no! That's fine. I associate oh, both dear. with each other. No, I don't feel. I'm fine with that. Okay, I got an eight. Whoa! It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That sounded legitimate. Thanks. Wow. I yeah. Oh shit! We get all tangled up in the cords. <laughs> all right, and since I rolled tech last one, kind of gonna do my metallic or my metal dice. So not my gravity dice, but these are. Uh, Shit, I don't know what kind of dice they are. They're just metal dice. So, but I got them from uh, uh, All About Games. Okay, All About so, Games is a local game store. Well, because these were like, uh, I got these specifically for Starfinder. Because mm -hmm. these were, um, I think these were, I think they're called Star Metal Dice. That's oh. what they're called. Um, and they had seven. They had six different colors. Um, they had like red, blue, and then they had like a very like like a venta black. Or Vanta, Vanta Black. Venta. It's like, is that like a tall Starbucks? Venti Black. Black. I'm ready Die. for Starbucks. All right, here we go. What I got? You got four. So that is history and education. History and education. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to have to figure that one out. <laughs> I got to figure out what I'm talking about. There's so many options. <sighs> Man. The options are endless. They really are. When you have these dice. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And I still have yet to roll. Science. Did you get local? No, I haven't gotten a local one either. It's alright. I got dice bingo. So. <laughs> well, lucky you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Shit. Well. Okay. Thanks well. for joining us this week. I don't know. My voice just cracked like a five-year-old. A no, five-year-old. A fifth-grade. A twelve-year-old boy matter. named Josh. That's what just happened. Like, <laughs> Thanks, guys, for joining us. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Y'all? Why did I go all... Holy Jesus. Y'all. If you've got something to say, you can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. You can email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA podcast. That's WTFAYTA, that's our acronym, podcast. Our music is by Decker Hinckley and our artwork is by Kirby Morfitt. Oof! <laughs> I'm falling apart. I'm 87 years old. <laughs> Whoops. Ow. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh god. Oh man. Look at that. Look at all that. There's so no. much activity there. Oh no. That has to be how we start this. It's just all the uh, 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 grunting. Oh god. <laughs> oh god, oh god. <laughs> Mm. No. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> My 